this is Keep It Spicy. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Keep It Spicy. I'm with my amazing co-host Shoba. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode. I'm here with my girl Vita. Hope everybody's having a lovely week and weekend. So we're actually going to start with the quote and this is kind of going to hint <laughs> about what this week's topic is, although I'm pretty sure all of you already know from the title. It goes, and this is by Edward Cullen, no measure of time, or actually it might be Bella, I'm not even sure. Either way, either ways, no measure of time would be long enough, but let's start with forever. Ooh, I like that. Very deep. (laughs) Very cheesy. (laughs) Yes, that too. So transitioning, so obviously from the quote, um, today's topic is going to be about Twilight, especially since, you know, Stephanie Meyer just dropped the newest Twilight book, Midnight Sun, this month, which I'm sure, you know, all the Twihards know is like something that we've been waiting for. I know I've been waiting for it. I've literally read everything on her website, which is stephaniemeyer.com, by the way, if you guys don't know. And this was really, this was the perfect 10th anniversary gift. This is something that, like, yeah, all of us have been waiting for. I don't know if you guys have read it yet, but I have. And it is, it's everything I wished for and more. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Before we jump into, you know, the more content aspect of the Twilight Saga, are you into vampires? I'm actually not I've never I don't watch like TV shows or read books that are related to vampires. I'm not a huge fan. But what about you? I'm only a fan of these vampires. I've never really like watched Vampire Diaries like a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm lying. I read this other series about vampires, but that was terrible. I'm. It's like on and off. It depends. The story, the characters, the plot, they all have to appeal to me for me to be interested in that, in them specifically. But I'll say okay. like a for the sake of this podcast and this episode and this question I'll just say I am indifferent but Mm -hmm. I'm biased towards like the Twilight vampires okay so let's jump into a little background on the author of Twilight so it's written by Stephanie Meyer Stephanie Meyer graduated from Brigham Young University with a degree in English literature she now lives in Arizona with her husband and sons USA Today declared Meyer the author of the year citing that she has done something that no one else has done in 15 years of the US Today bestselling book list that is she swept the top four slots in 2008 she also accomplished this feat in 2009 when the Twilight Saga once again dominated the top of the bestseller list. So yeah, of course, um, if you don't already know the Twilight, the Twilight Saga consists of four books. So Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and and, um, Breaking Dawn. Um, It's a 2005 young adult vampire romance novel. The main character is Bella Swan, who, you know, it starts out from her starts off with her moving from Phoenix, Arizona to Forks, Washington. And she falls in love with this vampire, Edward Cullen, who's, He's actually 104 years old when they met because they met in 2005. But, you know, now it's 2020. So technically he's 119 years old. But he's like basically this immortal vampire frozen in the body of a 17 year old because when he was 17 was when he was transformed into a vampire. Um, They also do have it doesn't stop there. They also do have graphic novels. I am very proud to say I have them all. Um, and of course, like some other spin-offs that have been released in the years since the main four were launched. Um, the Short Second Life of Brie Tanner, again, I own this little book. And of course, the one that was just launched this month, Midnight Sun. Fun fact, um, Stephanie Meyer actually came up with the whole Twilight like saga or like 
she came up with the idea because she actually had a dream about Edward Cullen. I mean, of course, his name wasn't Edward Cullen, but she had a mm-hmm. dream about this very beautiful boy with, like, reddish-brownish, like, auburn hair. And that was actually how she came up with Edward Cullen. She was like, okay, oh, I wow. need to write about this. Yeah. That's so cool. Dang, little did she know she's going to become so famous with that. <laughs> Okay, so also, guys, I literally know, like, nothing about Twilight. I watched, like, the movies here and there, and then I've read, like, a little of um, the first book, Twilight. But other than that, I don't know much. And Chiba's, like, the exact opposite. She loves the books, and she's a major fan. So we're actually going to go ahead and quiz her. Let's see how much of the Twilight whiz she is. Yeah, let's see. I'm kind of nervous. I was so into it when I was 12. Oh, my goodness. Everywhere I would go, like, I would always have a pencil in my head. I would literally write, like, Edward Cullen on the walls or, like, on the desk when I was inside. Like, my friends from high school know. I was obsessed. Like I had like the posters in my room. I had like a twilight pencil case with a twilight pencil and eraser and sharpener and like I was freaking obsessed. You used to like write Edward and put a heart on it on all my notebooks. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's yeah. a surprise. I was obsessed in like the craziest way. <laughs> all right, are you ready, girlfriend? Ready. Kind of nervous, right. but I'm ready. Okay, so just so you know, these are all like short questions. So you're supposed to give me like one word answers nothing too long so let's do this how many adopted kids do Carlise and Esme have it's so cute that's Carlisle and Esme oh. <laughs> so they're, wait, so they're Jasper Alice Rose Emmett five yes ma'am good job in which class does Bella sit next to Edward on the first day of school biology Ooh, look at you damn girl <laughs> how are the Cullens different from most vampires they're vegetarian so to speak they feed on animal blood Nice. What frustrates Edward about Bella? But <laughs> he can't read her thoughts. These are such easy <laughs> questions. <laughs> what do vampires really need in order to play baseball and why? They need thunder, a thunderstorm, because they're they're when they hit the ball, it's like as loud as lightning. Yes. Where did Bella have to live to hide from James and Twilight? Phoenix, Arizona, baby. Yes, ma'am. What part of Bella is bitten by James? Her like wrist. Nice. Damn, look at you. Uh, Edward plays what song for Bella on the piano? Oh, he plays so many. You mean like Bella's lullaby? Yeah, but nice Oh, job. okay. <laughs> How old is Edward supposed to be in the book? He's supposed to be 104 or 108, depends. I'm assuming it's 104 because technically he's born in 1901, and I think the book was released in 20, 2005. No, no, but like how old? Oh, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Good 17. Job. In New Moon, what type situation prompts Bella to hear Edward's voice in her head? Oh, when she does, like, something dangerous. Like, yeah. when she... Yeah. Yeah. Who does Jacob imprint on? Oh, Renesmee, her daughter. Yes. Which Cullen member does not vote for Bella to become a vampire? Oh, Rose. Yes. Which animal is in the Cullen family crest? Ooh, it must be a lion. Yes. Yeah. It is. You're right. You're right. That's actually from the movie, kids. That's not oh. from the books. That's like a okay. whole thing. What happens when Jacob tries to kiss Bella in Eclipse? Oh my gosh, she punches him and she breaks her like knuckle or something. <laughs> what is a newborn vampire? Like a vampire that's been like newly created. Yeah. Like, they, they just turned into a vampire. It's a person that's been a vampire for less than a year. So who surprises Bella by showing up at her wedding? Jacob. Yes. Why does Edward finally turn Bella into a vampire? Oh, because she's going to die in childbirth. 
Yes. And then what special power does Renesmee have? Oh, she has this like power to like show you what she's thinking when she touches you. Yeah. So like I, this website described it as a power to place thoughts into people's minds. But same thing. I'll give you points. Look at you. She got all of them right. Okay. So okay. Easy, too easy. Honestly, I was so nervous. But like these are so easy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're as as Vita just said, we're going to we have a couple topics that we've listed out like love and choice and, you know, a bunch of others. And we're just going to talk very briefly about these um, like topics and just, you know, our thoughts on it. Again, I may come off as a little bit of a know-it-all. Sorry. <laughs> can't help it I am a, I am a fan um, and the source by the way for all of these things is schmoop.com I'm sure you guys are familiar with schmoop um, so we're going to start ahead with the first one the first category the topic is about choice so personal choice is a huge component of action in the Twilight series it's also something that we can all relate to since you know we make choices every day so let's ask ourselves actually at what point has Bella fallen to temptation you know with these choices and at what point is there no turning back for her I think personally like the moment she meets Edward like she isn't she like curious or something to know about him because he like runs away from her so I thought that itself was like you know she's tempted to get to know him and that's what leads on to everything but I think like the moment of no turning was probably when she got pregnant with her child (laughs) oh my gosh isn't that how it is for us all (laughs) but like you know at that point like she either dies or she becomes a vampire you know she can't go back to being a normal human you know she like so I thought that was like the ultimate okay her life is definitely changing (laughs) okay I mean when you put it like that yes but I would say like especially after reading Edward's perspective yeah Mm -hmm. she was curious about him but like I don't think like anything would have ever happened had Mm -hmm. he not like because it's so funny because Edward always knew that he was supposed to fall in love with Bella because Alice his sister saw like visions of him falling for her Mm -hmm. but he was very in denial about it and he finally comes to terms with his feelings when Mike asks Bella to like the dance and Mm -hmm. obviously Bella rejects him but like when Edward Edward is eavesdropping on that conversation he's like so jealous and he's like okay I definitely like this girl that's why I'm so jealous and then he also comes to the realization that she's yeah she said no to Mike today but Mm -hmm. someday she'll say yes to somebody else Mm -hmm. like someday she's going to say yes to somebody and that yes could be like a date to 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 marrying to like having a future so he's like she will say yes to somebody from then and then so from that point onwards, whenever he asks Bella anything, whether it's like, can I drive you here? Or do you want to go to this place with me or whatever? He always whenever she says yes, because she never says no to him. Whenever mm-hmm. she says yes, he always in his mind, he's like, first of all, I'm going to ask because it's her choice. And then he always like is very happy or re- revels or do you say revel or revel? He's sorry. He revels in the fact that she is say it's him that she's saying yes to. So I would say that is where like when she found out he was a vampire and fall and felt like you know was like I would say like when she her first yes to him itself in my opinion was like there was no turning back from there because obviously Mm -hmm. she's gonna fall in love with him this guy's handsome and beautiful and all of that (laughs) and he's already like fallen in love with her so it's like honestly to me at that point was where it's like yeah there's no turning back Mm, I see interesting so our next theme is love 
So Twilight is a story of a classic forbidden love, right? So Edward is a vampire, Bella's a human, so naturally she's supposed to be his prey, and so she should be running. Instead, she's running towards him. <laughs> and, you know, they share, like, this deep passion for each other. So, Shoba, do you think Edward and Bella really love each other, or is it simply infatuation? Would Bella and Edward's relationship be as passionate and exciting for them if they weren't dangerous for each other? Ooh, that second question is a good one. I think first, first off, like, do Edward and Bella really love each other or is it infatuation? For Edward, I think definitely he's in love with her uh, because he describes it as like because they're so they're they're immortal basically. They're like living mm-hmm. stone. Um, he always describes like any type of change, whether it's like emotional or something like that. It's it's always very monumental. It's like a very permanent thing to happen because like imagine like stone is just going to sit like that until something some external force comes and like breaks it or changes it right. And then mm-hmm. once that change is made, it's like a permanent change until something else comes and you know what I'm saying. So like mm-hmm. from him, he always describes it as like him falling in love because he had never fallen in love before. Like he only loved his mother and his family. Yeah, he um, was so a he always... lonely ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, he always describes it as, like, when he fell in love with her, it was, like, a permanent, very moving type of change. So, I 100% think he fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. And hers, I think in the beginning, it was definitely infatuation. Because, like, come on, this guy is, like, hella handsome. He's gorgeous. He's muscly. He's, like, falling in love with, like, I don't know, like, a Greek god. So, I think hers <laughs> definitely started out as, temp- like, infatuation. Mm-hmm. And then I think the more she got to know him and realized that, like, she says it also in the book, she's like, when her friend was like, oh, my God, he's so gorgeous. And she's like, yeah, but that's there's more to him behind the face. I think when she got to know him more and she realized that, oh, like, he's struggling so much, but he chooses like he could be a vampire that drinks blood, but he doesn't want to be that type of person. He right. chooses like a an animal like wants to, you know, feed on animal blood and he mm-hmm. could have killed her, but he chose not to. Like, there are mm-hmm. all these things that she realized. I think after getting to know him and getting to know all these heart choices and sacrifices and compromises that he's made, I think that is when, yeah, I would say that it went from infatuation to love because that's where, like, you know, she starts respecting and admiring him and his courage and his strength. Would their relationship be passionate and exciting if it wasn't dangerous at all? Yeah, I think so, 100%. I think, in fact, the the fact that it was dangerous, I think that's probably, not that their relationship was ruined, but I think that's probably, like, the worst part about their relationship. That's where most of the fights happened, right? It's always, like, something could happen to you, I could kill you, or somebody else could kill you. So I think that if they didn't have any of that to worry about, and, like, that was also why he was so needy and obsessive with her, right? Because he's always, like, he doesn't want her to get hurt. So mm. I think that if they, there was no danger, yeah, I think it would still be passionate and exciting, Maybe not as, like, you know how, like, when you're in danger, you start, like, being, like, ooh, like, I love this person yeah. more. This is the <laughs> last I feel like those elements, obviously, like, having danger in them makes you value the relationship more. Because, like, at mm-hmm. any second, you could realize that I don't have this person in my life. Or, like, even, like, the, their life, like, when he wanted to kill himself, like, times like that, like, really push you to, like, know that, okay, I obviously wouldn't go to stop him if I didn't love him that much. Like, those are moments in which you really come to terms with your relationship and see like whether it is strong or not strong you know what I'm saying so those are mm-hmm. like tr- that really make you introspect and see if it's worth it or not worth it so I think yeah. that obviously like the danger being around there helped mm-hmm. but had there been no danger I think it would have made everything so much easier it'd be so much easier to love this girl <laughs> <laughs> but you know love comes with obstacles so gotta have that you know <laughs> I, I completely like agree with everything though like you know with um Edward and Bella, I do genuinely think that they're in love, especially because, like, because he couldn't read her, he was forced to, like, communicate with her and stuff and asking each other questions. Like, 
I think they genuinely got to know each other. So they, I do think that they were genuinely in love. I keep saying genuinely. I do think that they were in love. In like in terms of the second question, I think honestly, like the danger made their relationship more passionate, just because like it was kind of like you know the forbidden love, like it brought spice <laughs> to the love. Um, I think without that, would they have liked each other? Yeah, maybe that could have happened. You know, they could have met and like loved each other or whatever. But like. I think the danger definitely played like a really crucial part in this love story. Mm. But yeah, it's just my thought. I think the danger is definitely what made him notice her. Cause had he, mm. cause like, had he not noticed how strong she smells, yeah. like he would have never thought about her. Mm-hmm. But I still think that, I mean, I, I see your point. I do agree, but I still think that like, had there not been as much danger, this, this girl's also breaking bones and stuff. Like she's <laughs> put in a lot of compromising situations. I definitely mm-hmm. feel like it would have been an easier relationship had there not been so many obstacles you know what I'm saying I've been more straightforward Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah I guess like you know the danger is what keeps it exciting I guess (laughs) I don't know so good versus evil now so vampires are actually seen as evil in most cultural like folktales or folklore Um, most vampires give into their thirst for human blood but as we all know the Cullens don't they're vegetarians quote-unquote so they feed on animal blood So overriding that urge isn't always easy for Edward, especially like, you know, Bella's, the fragrance of her blood is described as like, he describes it as like his own personal brand of heroin. Like it smells so much sweeter to him than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, hers is not that easy to be around and his conscious desire though is to not be a monster, but that always, you know, that constantly conflicts with his unconscious urge to drink, to want to, you know, thirst for her blood. So Mm -hmm. This is a very nice question. Do you think Edward is a monster? I don't think so. Just because, like, I think at the end of the day, we all are monsters. (laughs) Like, so, you know, like, even humans, like, we kill animals, like, non-vegetarians kill them. And, like, vegetarians, we kill plants. Like, so, at the end of the day, we're all killing lives. And I think that's just the cycle of life. That's how it works in nature. And on a global scale, like, even though Edward is a vampire, he's not killing people like the Collins only kill um, animals. So I think like in terms of that, he's not a monster. And he also does not hurt Bella intentionally at any point. So I think he's a pretty decent fellow. What about you? I think so too. I would say that by conventional standards, he is a monster because he is like a predator. They do feed on like, you Mm -hmm. know, human, like they're supposed to, like I feel like by those standards, yeah, he's a monster. He has, they all have murdered you know they've killed other people Mm -hmm. like humans and like other monsters like other vampires they have Mm -hmm. done all these like sins I would say you know so I would say by those standards yeah he's like a vampire he's not human so he's definitely he definitely is like a predatorial monster Mm -hmm. but just because of like default of what he like just because he's a vampire so they Mm -hmm. all are technically but I don't think Edward is that type of like it's more of like uh he's a little he's like the what is, what's that metaphor? Like a friendly, friendly monster, I guess. I don't know what to say. It's just like, he is a monster because he's a vampire. But real, like real talk, like, I don't think he's a monster in like, the unethical sense where he like kills people for with like malicious intent, you know, mm-hmm. like they've always yeah. he always he has good intentions. And the whole point is also feeding on animal blood is because they they don't want to be that type of monster that just preys on like, other humans. And it's, it's also mm-hmm. interesting, because uh, Carlisle always like he all because all of the vampires they come across all feed on human blood and they all think whenever they meet the Cullens these guys are weird like I don't understand why they're denying themselves like the basic pleasure of, of being a vampire which is human blood right and mm-hmm. they all 
and before before like Carlyle created Edward and Esme and the rest of them, that he was very much like concerned that like I, will I find others like me? Because like all of the vampires, once they become vampires, they just go crazy looking for human blood, and then they also become very enamored with their own power, like mm-hmm. their beauty and their power and their skill. They become very like you know greedy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cullens are actually like the people or like not people, the vampires that don't do that like their coven usually most covens are created because they're like okay let's stick together and we can like own this much land and prey on this much people and you know what I'm saying they're very uh, the Cullens are the only ones that are created not for that reason it's more so like we want to genuinely be a family and try to be better mm-hmm. so I don't think Edward is a monster by those standards he's a good guy he is. So our next topic is isolation. Isolation happens in two forms in Twilight. First is a physical isolation. For example, Forks is a small, secluded, rain-soaked town. So, you know, we already see that in the story. And then we see emotional isolation. So an example would be Edwards is a very lonely character. And I thought I was single. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we definitely see those two isolations. I don't really know about this, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear your view, Shiba, since you read all the books. Um, do you think that Edward's family was more attuned to his isolation than Bella's family was to hers? Mm, yeah, well, I would like to correct you one place where it talks about where you just said that Edward is a very lonely guy and he went 90 years for looking for love. He mm-hmm. never was searching for love. Like, I would like okay. to point that out. Like, he was very... He was ne- like, we are single. We're looking for love. We're looking for a babe. This guy never was looking for love. He was always very content. Like he was never what thinking, like, I'm single. I need to find a mate. He never. I would say those are his siblings, not him. Like Rose, she thought about that. Mm-hmm. He was very content. I guess it was also because, like, going back to when he was created, like he was he he became a vampire in like 1901. Sorry, not 1901, 1918, during, like, the Spanish influenza. That's a long time ago. The mm-hmm. only, uh, and his father left him. The only love he ever knew was his mother's. Mm-hmm. And and then from there, like, which is also, big, you know, he barely remembers. And then from there was just, like, Carlisle, Esme, just, like, the family love. He never was looking for, like, any type of romantic love. Like, other vampires had expressed interest in him also. Mm-hmm. He clearly turned them all down, right? So mm-hmm. he was never looking for love. But beca- and also because... Who did me wrong? So I would say that because his family has obviously lived longer around him than Bella's has to her, like she's lived with her dad for like what? She's 17 years old, out of which she spent most of the time with the mother, right? Mm-hmm. So 17 versus 90, like I, I would say, yeah, his family's way more attuned to his isolation than Bella is to hers. But then again, like that's also Bella's nature. Like her, her dad is a very like, he's a loner in the sense that he's like very good with just getting on by himself and her mom is the opposite she likes to move around which Bella's not so it's mm-hmm. like they all are in their own little worlds so yeah her family is attuned to hers but I would say mm-hmm. that like they're less because there are instances where actually it's for both but there are instances where her dad always asks like oh none of the boys interest you or like you know stuff like that mm-hmm. Um, Edward's family does like his mother Esme does feel concern because they're mm-hmm. always like they all have somebody right they all are paired up except him so she mm-hmm. always did feel like he was the oddball because but the sense but at the same time like because yeah like I said because he wasn't actively searching for love I think mm-hmm. they were all fine with it because he was able to go like 100 years on his own you know what I'm saying so yeah. he was never seemed satisfied like that like that just seemed like a part of who he was oh thank you for sharing that Look at my girl go talking about Twilight. <laughs> Talk about a very interesting aspect, which is fear. 
So fear is an instinctive reaction for all the characters in Twilight, obviously, and they're all faced with choosing to embrace or disregard the fears that grip them. So the fear of losing each other drives Bella and Edward to risk happiness or even safety to secure each other's well-being. Why do you think Stephanie Meyer has Bella fear dancing and blood and needles? Correct me if I'm wrong, but personally, I think it's to, you know, juxtapose Bella and like Edward basically so you know with blood and needles obviously he's a vampire so a lot of blood there (laughs) and you know she's scared of that but um so yeah there's a scene where you know he takes her to prom and he surprises her and she's like oh dance I can't do that like you know I'm really scared of that and then like they still go on to do it and then she enjoys it and at the end I think the chapter ends with um him or no her sorry I think the chapter ends with Bella asking him to turn her into a vampire or something like that and so it was just like oh okay girl you're not scared of dance but you want to be a, like or sorry you girl you're scared of dance but you want to be a vampire you know so it was just like to create a sense of juxtaposition you know to like say that Bella may be looking weak or whatever but like she's actually a pretty badass girl who wants to do this you know like wants to be a vampire and stuff so to me it was just like answering that what about you um I, I mean I agree with you on the part where yeah it's juxtap they're trying to juxtapose the the difference in Edward's traits and Bella's like he's perfect and obviously not scared of all the stuff um I think also yeah it's just her physical traits in itself like she's terrible at sports she literally cannot walk on a straight surface without like falling or tripping over herself herself so like I think that's why Stephanie Myers made it like that like she could not be more opposite than him I don't think she's a badass for wanting it's kind of the irony it's like you don't want to dance something that doesn't harm your life but you want to be transformed into a vampire that like pain is also excruciating so Edward always says that her priorities are messed up she never cares about herself there's no idea of (laughs) self-preservation she's always like let me do whatever it is to help you Mm. um but I think that's why it was done, yeah. And also, I guess, just to make her, because in the end, she does become a vampire, right? So mm-hmm. everything that, and she always says it, like, I was born to be a vampire, which is very ironic. I, thought but... was, so I was just saying that, like, it was very weird for me to, like, comprehend how she's always saying she wanted to be a vampire since, like, forever. Because I'm like, girl, you didn't even know about, like, the vampires near you since you're, like, until <laughs> you were a teenager. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah. No, so she didn't I don't want know. to be That's a vampire true. forever. She only wanted to be one after she met Edward. And the reason for her wanting to be a vampire was, like, because she was literally, like, stumbling through her human life. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. to not even walk and like all of those things were fixed when she became a vampire because now she had like she didn't have that problem as a vampire it also was like the whole their whole relationship was just basically him trying to protect her from herself or anything else and now that she's a vampire it's mm-hmm. like I don't he can lo- it's also like he can love her more easy now right because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to constantly think about breaking her or like yeah. sucking her blood so mm-hmm. it was just it just made a lot of things easy so that's why she said it um, okay. But I think, yeah, it was also done because Stephanie Meyer wanted us to all together cumulatively, cumulatively struggle through mm-hmm. Bella's mind as she, like, did all these, like, stupid things or, like, you know, <laughs> was stumbling through her life in Twilight, New Moon, and Eclipse and then breaking down when she's yeah. finally turned into a vampire. We can all collectively be like, ah, we don't <laughs> have to watch this girl trip anymore. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. So next we're going to discuss communication. Communication is a big deal in Twilight. So Edward is accustomed to reading minds, but when he's unable to do so with Bella, he doesn't know like how to communicate with her. So they have to form a new communication style, which involves him asking 
um, a lot of questions about her and she does the same. And then, you know, like they learn to understand each other's postures, facial expressions and tone of voice through communication. And Bella even judges Edward's mood by his changing eye color. So I thought that was like really cool. So communication is very important in this um, interspecies relationship. So Shubha, do you think it is important for Bella and Edward to know everything going on in each other's mind? Edward always pushes Bella to reveal every detail of what she's thinking. Is that fair? Do you think that's helpful and necessary for like a strong romantic relationship? First of all, I'd like to say that like, yeah, they communicate a lot, but that's how every relationship is supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. even for us regular humans, like, the, yeah, the, yeah. like, you do need to communicate. So, like, reacting to each other's body postures and facial expressions. I think just, like, the more you're with someone or the longer you have been in a relationship with someone or, like, a friendship with someone, you obviously would be able to, like, notice the differences and the little nuances and... So I feel like that's very, very normal. And honestly, like, that doesn't seem like anything, like, rare. It's like, that's, that's a given. Like, that's the ba- basic, like, bare minimum. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, it's like, him pushing to, to pushing her to, like, figure out what she's thinking all the time. I don't think it's necessary for him to know every single detail. And as we can see, even in, like, like so many times, like, there are things that she does without telling him. And, mm-hmm. like... And breaking down when she like secured this like passport for her daughter and Jacob, all of this was done without Edward's knowledge because had the Valtteri found out from him, mm-hmm. you know, they like that would be that would ruin their plan. So like obviously I don't think every single detail of her thoughts need to be revealed. It's also like it's her head mind space, right? It's mm-hmm. her private. Um, but I do think, yeah, it is necessary because think of it from his perspective. He is able to understand everybody's intent. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. say shit, right? A lot of people say, mm-hmm. I'll do this. And then they, in their mind, they're like, nah, not really. So I think from his perspective, when you're so used to, when you when you know everybody's true intentions, because you're able to see it in their mind, obviously, when somebody comes along who you want to be so involved with, mm-hmm. and and you're not able to hear what's in their thought, I can understand, honestly, from his perspective, why that makes him feel very uneasy. Because he, to him, he's always wondering, like, why did she have that reaction? Is it because she doesn't like me? Or is it because she likes me? I think he needs to calm it a little bit. Like, he needs to really tone down the anxiety about that. But I also understand, right? It's like you literally know what every single person is thinking except one person. So it's obviously, it's made him to be a person that's, he's able to really know what's happening inside your mind and the intention mm-hmm. behind every move because he's able to see where it's coming from. But with Bella, he's not able to do that. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, it is, communication's not bad. It's, it's always good to know what the other party's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he needs to know every single detail she's thinking because yeah. she also needs her own yeah she she needs her own mind space but I don't think it's a necessarily bad thing mm-hmm. what do you think better more communication than no communication yeah I was thinking the same like exactly the same like you know the more communication the better and like you said he doesn't have to know like every single thought that runs through her mind but you know, he is a vampire. So like understanding her and like asking her feelings is very important as is in any other relationship, you know, so I definitely think it's a very important component to their as well as anyone's romantic relationship. But um, yeah, like we've already covered. So every detail is not necessary. But the fact that he wants to know shows that he cares. You know what I mean? That's uh, yeah, everybody always says like people that are team Jacob, from the movies all of them are always like Edward and Bella never really talk like they mm-hmm. just stare at each other and say I love you it's like no if you read the books mm-hmm. they talk a lot like that was all they 
before he ever even kissed her like that was his only way of being with her because he didn't even think he could touch her right because he was like oh it's too Mm. dangerous like that's all they did that's all they did was just talk Mm -hmm. and also because he didn't know what was in her mind so he just literally wanted to know everything about her um so yeah just thought i'd say that throwing some shade (laughs) at those team jacob folk um now we're going to shift on to appearances because of course appearance is very important to the to the cullens who it's so funny they count on blending in to keep their secret under wraps however they're all so like beautiful and good looking and pale <laughs> that they're and they're they also they also don't age so they still even though they try to blend in like they clearly don't fit in right they I don't think they're really mm-hmm. blending and they're still standing out yeah. um, and obviously this has the potential to like bring on some suspicion Bella okay. describes James however as very average looking nothing remarkable about his face or his body at all just the white skin and the circled eyes. So why do you think Stephanie Meyer made James so average looking? I actually have no clue. I don't even know who this James character is. So why don't you give us a little background about him? Oh my gosh. And you said you've read the book and watched the movie. No, I haven't read the book. No, no, no. I watched bits of the movie. You literally told us that you've you've read the first book, Twilight. No, I I have read a little bit of it, but I've never finished the whole thing. Oh my gosh. It's a huge book. I'm not into vampires. I think, in my opinion, I do think James is beautiful. Or not beautiful. Like, they all, like, it's a given. They all are beautiful to their prey. I think mm-hmm. Bella's describing him as, I think, or Stephanie Meyer has made him seem average only because to Bella, obviously, she knows he's a threat. Okay. So that's why she's described him as, like, average looking, right? Because it's like when somebody's ugly to you, like, mm-hmm. from the inside, doesn't their outward appearance make them seem uglier? Yeah, but doesn't that happen, like, once you know the person? Was this, like, when she met him, though? This was was a very, yeah, the three of them, James, Laurent, and Victoria, in my opinion, what do you call, not in my opinion, they, the three of them were an imminent threat, like, they, everybody knew that some shit was going to go down once the three of them popped up, so in my opinion, I think that's why she has described James as very average looking, because from her own description, vampires are supposed to be, like, that's the whole point of being a vampire. Their beauty is what attracts their prey. Their smell, mm-hmm. their skin, their, how they look. Mm-hmm. He seems average because he's not, like, maintained like the Cullens. Like, he's just, like, a nomad, like, running around. Mm. But I also think that it's probably just because Bella is so... Well, first of all, she, she loves her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But I think because, like, yeah, she knows that he poses a threat. Or, like, they all know that. So that's what makes him seem less beautiful. Oh, I see my opinion I, I initially like when i heard this question it was just like you know she describes like the other like the columns family they're all like gorgeous right so i thought like she probably described in like this just to say not all vampires are like really beautiful right you know like they're just like us like they're all varied in how they look and like also the way they're perceived is different with different people so um yeah that was just what i thought yeah there's definitely no there's definitely no ugly vampires Mm-hmm. There are some weird vampires, like in Breaking Dawn, you meet so many of them, and a lot of them, they are, like, weird, like, mm-hmm. they can just be, like, super, like, what's the word, anxious and, like, a super, um, what do you call a person, antisocial, like, there mm-hmm. are weird vampires, mm-hmm. but I don't think any of them are, like, ugly, per se, because mm-hmm. they're, how, how do they attract their prey? Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's a good question. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so and to answer your question, James is the person that like bites her. Like he basically wants to kill her. He's a tracker. He sees, oh, Bella, like these seven vampires are like guarding this human. It's a challenge. I need to mm. like mess with them. So jumping to the next uh, topic, which is a little spicy, we're going to get into sex. 
So sexual attraction and abstinence play a significant role in the novel. Edward and Bella are inexperienced with affairs of the heart, but both feel an undeniable sexual attraction to each other. They do not or they do later go on to have sex, but initially they don't engage in it because Edward thinks he might physically hurt and break Bella. So, but do you think that over time, Bella and Edward could have maintained a happy and satisfying relationship if they had not engaged in a sexual or physical dimension? And would their intense passion have lasted or faded away without physical intimacy? I, I mean, I definitely don't think it would have faded without the physical intimacy because he was still kissing her he still touched her still take off his clothes just didn't actually have sex so Mm -hmm. I definitely think that that would have stayed there his love for her would not change also Mm -hmm. um but have you know would they've been able to maintain a happy and satisfying no (laughs) not satisfying you can tell in eclipse because Bella herself Bella is the one who initiates the sex yeah like I remember like it's, it's it's her that initiates it so at least I know that she wouldn't have been satisfied if he didn't want to sleep with her because one, it comes off as like a rejection where it's like, oh, you you don't want to sleep with me? Ouch. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, girl has her needs. I mean, he has yeah. her needs too, but like, girl has her needs. So like, <laughs> would it have been satisfying if they didn't have sex? I don't think so. That's the whole point of why she wanted to do it because she wanted to take you. What she she wanted to take the relationship to the next level with the boy mm-hmm. she loved. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes retweet I definitely agree I think like physical intimacy is important in a you know ever like long-lasting relationship so I think that was very necessary but I do think that what you said about him loving her and even her like loving him I think that would have stayed the same but would they have had that happily ever after thing I don't know you know like you said we all have needs (laughs) so I'm not sure of what would have happened but you know so it is very important though so yeah, those are our thoughts on that, yeah, guys. I, I agree. I agree for sure. Even his siblings, they're all like, when you read Midnight Sun and they all talk about, when they're all talking to Edward about his feelings, like his brother is this person. The first thing they think is like, how do you touch her? Like, don't you, if you loved her, wouldn't you want to like get physical with her? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, every, yeah, it's, it's the need, you know, we all, we all have it. So I don't think that they would have been satisfied. Mm-hmm. had they not that was also the whole point they got married because he's like okay fine fine yeah it's really funny when she turns into a vampire and like you know they do it and she's like wow you really resisted yourself <laughs> i was like no duh <laughs> he was gonna break you yeah no he was <laughs> holding out on himself because it's like yeah he had to be very gentle with her you know couldn't yeah. unleash that full raw passion moving on so we're going to talk about mortality so as everybody knows the whole story is based on vampires who are immortal so basically unless killed they don't die they just live (laughs) on forever (laughs) that's the whole point of being immortal they don't age Mm -hmm. i mean they don't have a heart like nothing changes so exactly how they were when they were frozen is how they will be forever forever and ever Mm -hmm. um so can you think of any downsides to being immortal and also, do you think any vampires might resent being transformed from human to vampire, even if their human life might have been ended? So I think the concept of immortality is just creepy. Like, you know, like staying the same age forever. Like, you know, with how like the Collins had to keep switching schools to, you know, blend in society. I think if you were to live in a human society and you're immortal, I think that's just like not doable. Like, or at least for me, I don't think I would like that. Um And in terms of, like, flaws, I think there definitely are flaws, you know, like, 
with uh with the human like you know you age and like yeah that sucks aging and it sucks losing your um, motor skills or memory and stuff but I think that's just a part of life and it makes you appreciate life more that you've been there and you were able to do that but if you're immortal it's like oh I'm gonna have all of this forever so like it just gives you like a whole different attitude towards life so I think that would just make life less meaningful and in terms of like vampires resenting having become vampires I definitely think so especially in like Bella's case you know like she has to leave her dad or you know like not contact him or whatever because he or actually I don't know what exactly happens but I just know that she doesn't contact him as much um and so like I think that would suck you know leaving behind your family just to like keep your identity like secure I think that just personally like it just it's a no-no for me um so I think they definitely have resentment towards their life and also like just physically you change right like you become much stronger and you have all these temptations that you have to constantly like take care of like as a human we have temptations but they're not like really huge surges right so these vampires they smell blood they go crazy so I think like all of that definitely would take a toll on new vampires at least and they probably would get eventually used to all of that but I think like initially they would definitely resent it a lot um but also they would probably be happy with all the power and strength they have but I think there would be some kind of resentment associated what about you do you think um what are your thoughts on this I think I, I agree with a lot of what you said um one of the downsides of being immortal and they mentioned this in the books themselves and even from like there's this other movie that I love called Stardust like What's the point of being immortal if you're going to have to kind of go through it alone? Like, I feel like if you Mm -hmm. had somebody to to live on, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it it would get very lonely, which is why Carlisle created, like, a son and then got a wife. Like, he was very lonely for, like, 200 or, yeah, 200 years, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that that's a downside to being immortal. Like, you get very, very lonely and eventually, like, everybody that you know and love just dies and you have Mm -hmm. to witness all of that and continue. So I do think those are some downsides. And of course, some vampires resent being transformed to human. Like, uh, I don't I don't want to say Rosalie resents it because had she not become a vampire, she would have just died. And her mm-hmm. story is very tragic because she basically was like raped, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, but there are, yeah, but could her and Edward trade their life to become human again? Yes, they would. I don't want to say they resent being vampires, but they definitely don't like the fact that they're vampires only because they... Well, Edward doesn't like it because he doesn't want to be a monster. And Rose mm-hmm. doesn't like it because she can't have children. Like, she, that, mm-hmm. that was what she always wanted her whole life. To have, like, her beautiful children mm-hmm. and grow old with them. Mm-hmm. And even though she found love, like, in Emmett, she's not able to have children with him. So, like, that is, that's something that I think that they resented. Mm-hmm. Um, with respect to, like, Bella giving up her, her dad and stuff, that doesn't happen to every single vampire. That only happened to her. Like, for the rest of them... They never had to give up anybody else. Literally all of their family were dead. So Mm. they were not giving anything up. They were not saying goodbye to anybody. It was literally either like live or die forever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that was just like the exception of Bella, which, you know, Edward has said many times. It's like, yeah, like he always told her, he's like, you're, you're, you're giving up human life so easily just for a boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I don't know. I feel like there are some upsides to being a vampire. Like if you have a family, Mm-hmm. Like, if you do have somebody to love while you live forever, mm-hmm. that's great, isn't it? You get to literally stay, like, be with them forever. You can make a lot of money and just <laughs> travel around. Like, I feel like it can get annoying, but, like, I yeah. feel like you're, it's like you're, you're turned into a super, I don't want to say superhero, but at the same time, I don't want to say villain because, like, they're not all bad. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, now you have 
super beautiful and you have a family and you have money. So mm-hmm. I feel like there are some upsides to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the downsides obviously are if you don't have any of that, it can get a little lonely. And of course, if you fight with another vampire, you got to really fight till the death. You know what I'm saying? It's not like mm-hmm. a human fight sure. where you just bitch about each other. Vampires <laughs> are a bit more animalistic Big that deep. way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Moving on, we're going to talk about the supernatural. So vampires are not real, or at least we think so. And Stephanie Meyer invented an incredible mythology surrounding vampires in the saga. So she talks about how their skin sparkles in the sun and they're super beautiful and that they're very strong and have like various six senses. Her version of a vampire clashes with their traditional perception of what a vampire looks like and what they do, right? So, but three things that remain centrally important are that one, vampire's primary food source is human blood or animal blood, I guess, for the cullen. And then two, vampires have an immense amount of sex appeal, which makes them even more effective predators of humans. And three, vampires are immortal. So based on vampires you've been exposed to in other books or movies, how do you think that Stephanie Meyer's vampires are different? And are there any vampire characteristics that you wish she had included in Twilight? And also, one more, do you prefer her vampires to others you've heard of or seen or read about? Oh, it's very, very loaded. Um, I would say, like, the, a big difference in her vampire and other vampires is that these vampires don't turn into bats. Mm. <laughs> I feel yeah. like and also that they're not, like, what do you call, burnt, at, like, with the sun or, like, you don't need garlic to, like, fend them off or whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. they're, I feel like that's a bit more dark or traditional. Know. Yeah. So any vampire characteristics that I wish she would have included? No, I actually, I mean, I'm very biased. I like it the way it is. I agree. Like, I think, like, before with vampires, I used to just imagine them as, like, monsters with, like, fangs and stuff. So, like, the way that the author portrays them in this, I think she beautifully does it, right? Like, she portrays them as people who are talented. And in a way, like, you don't see them as monsters. Of course, they, like, drink human blood or animal blood or whatever. But, like, I don't know. I'm not scared of these people, you know? So I, I think I really liked how, the way that she portrayed it and, like, really developed their character throughout. And um, I, I know I haven't read everything. So, like, I don't know, like, all the details. But I, I, I wouldn't change anything either. I think she had it. She did well. Who's your favorite vampire? in the whole book of course edward oh okay of course of course <laughs> but i will say that like i like his siblings so i like emmett i like jasper i like some of the other characters that are brought up in the fourth book in breaking dawn like they meet a bunch they meet like a, a bunch of vampires i like some of those guys too and like benjamin he's egyptian he like can control all the elements mm-hmm. i like a few others but i think like of course my heart is edward's like edward, edward first yeah. And then after Edward, I would think like I would say like yeah, I like it. I like his brothers. They're funny and they're okay. cute too. What about you? I don't have a favorite. <laughs> I don't know much to have a favorite. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So we're gonna talk about strength and skill now. So Bella and Edward's relationship is ironic when it comes to strength and skill. As we mentioned, you know earlier, she's a total klutz. She's got zero muscle power, and this guy is like this smooth player. <laughs> Basically, she always jokes around, being like, "Edward can do everything, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, all vampires are much stronger and faster than humans in general, anyways, making them super dangerous predators. But uh, some of the Cullens have these extra skills or gifts, and of course, the more you read into the books and or watch the movies, you know that it's not 
not just them with these special gifts. And one of these, one, one example of such a gift is like Edward's ability to read minds or Alice's ability to see the future or like even Jasper's ability to manipulate the emotions of a room or the people near him. So vampires also have impossibly acute senses, which gives them the upper hand over the human population. But for all their physical advantages, vampires still seem to have a harder time controlling their primal urges. Mm. So Edward and Bella discuss whether Edward is a superhero or a villain. What do you think he is? Well, I think by traditional definition, like, obviously he's a vampire, so he's a villain. But then, like, in this story... I think he's obviously, like, a superhero. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's, like, saved Bella at, like, multiple instances, right? And also with them, like, being um, vegetarian vampires or whatever. Like, I just, I feel like he's a superhero in this story. I do, too. I don't think of him as a villain. Maybe, like, if anything, he's, like, an anti-villain, kind of like Deadpool, mm. where you're still rooting for him, if anything. But I would still wouldn't consider him a villain. He's, like, a good guy, even though he keeps thinking of himself a villain. So all that self-deprecating talk. Yeah. But I, I think he's a superhero. He's handsome. He's talented. <laughs> yes. They, my man. Wrapping up this episode, we've now reached the end. In conclusion, go out and buy Midnight Sun. If you haven't already read Twilight, I urge you to read the books before you watch the movies. Don't be lazy. Trust Don't me, be like they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read the books. They're actually pretty decent. And of course, read Midnight Sun for anybody that has read Twilight and is wondering, like, should I buy Midnight Sun? Yes, do it. Buy it. 100% would recommend. I would only say that, like, I bought the hardcover because that's the only thing that's out right now, the hardcover copy. I would suggest waiting for the softcover because it'll be cheaper, but I still, like, think you should read the book. Like, I still recommend. It's way more informative than Twilight. There's a lot in Midnight Sun that you really would have never, like, you really had no idea happened when you were reading Twilight. So I would definitely recommend you read it. We'll put a link down in the description with a link to where you can buy the book. So please do check it out and let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you're Team Edward or Team Jacob. Let us know, like, who your favorite Cullen or, like, you know, character is in the in the series. Let us know, like, what you liked, what you didn't like about the series. Like, give us all the tea. And, of course, remember to hit that follow button on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at underscore keep it spicy. And like our posts and comment and please share podcasts and content with friends. If there's another Twihard out there, please send them this episode. You know you're doing them a favor. And on that note, remember folks, keep it spicy. Yours truly, XX.